Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s to... <laughs> That's a good opening, just don't Fuck yeah, let's nail it. Who gives a shit what the show is about? It's about um, it's the show about fuck-ups. Hey, uh, so this episode will be Slums of Beverly Hills, and uh, but I'm a cheerleader, a Natasha Leone double feature. Boy, uh, I had a good streak going there, people, and I fucked it up. Par for the course, though. Hey, what? we're human. It's just dandy. Just dandy. And it tastes like candy. Um, so this is a weird double feature. Uh, <laughs> these aren't... I don't really think these are movies that are really talked about very much. I remember at the time, they had some buzz going for them. But I don't think... Yeah. They, they never really had like that second generation discovery, you know, cult classic status. Unless... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I... I... It, uh, but I'm a cheerleader has a little bit more of a uh, cult uh, following, especially with the LGBTQ community. But I think that's pretty recent. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's strange. So there's two versions of this, and apparently the original director's cut was given an X rating. And I just watched what? it. You and I just watched the director's cut. I don't fucking see it. Did you even see any nudity? Um, I think there's a very brief boob bit. Maybe, but Slums of Beverly Hills is way dirtier than this, and I didn't get an X. Yeah. I'm fucking confused. Wait. Which movie are we talking about first? Oh, I don't know. You pick. I don't care. You just you just said it was X was given an X rating. Which movie were you talking about? Oh, did I fuck up? But I'm a cheerleader. Well, because you said it has a cult status, and I, and I was like, there's a director's oh. cut of... Um, but I'm a cheerleader, and, I mean, I didn't see... Oh, no, yeah. there's no reason for that to have an X rating. There's nothing... I mean, there's it's all innuendo, and it's the, the whole movie is an innuendo, but I don't remember seeing anything. Yeah, and it's not even, like, the dirty. It's just campy and goofy, and I just don't see it. Let's start with that one. I mean, I know it's okay. the second movie, um, chronologically, but... There, okay. This is like the child of John Waters and, and uh, Tim yeah. Burton come to life. Like, it's someone who was raised on this and found a perfect homage. Like, so they got the kitsch, that look that Tim Burton really honed with, like, Edward Scissorhands and Pee Wee and stuff like that. But also, like, the fuck you kind of, like, crazy attitude that the John Waters movies had, which are more innocent than people treat them as. I mean, come on. Uh, if you've seen, uh, what's the one where, um, uh, the sexting one, you know, where it's, um, let's go sexing with uh, Johnny Knoxville and Tracy Allman. What is that fucking called? Oh. But that got an R rated, or an X rating or whatever, or an NC, I should say NC-17. X rated got thrown away a while ago. And it's just so pure, goofy nonsense. I don't understand why it's rated that. Got me. I I don't know. I think that <clears throat> for some reason people are scared of John Waters. For some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. He's so adorable. Yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, I think that you know, not all of this stuff is pure. Obviously, a, a dirty shame. That's the one you're talking ah, about. Ah, thank it's you. Probably, it's literally just because 
Like, Thelma Blair's character has those huge knockers. That's what I think. Oh, come on. They're so ridiculously over the top. There's no way to, like, be, I like... I Titillated. I didn't mean to say that, but I did it. <laughs> you did, but you didn't. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know. I, I... People just... People are, like... A, just, for some reason, I think that he... He scares them. And there's, there's no reason why they should, but a lot of people are ignorant, so... There's that. I um I was looking into this director, Jamie Babbitt. And Yeah, Jamie Babbitt's great. But it's so strange the movies she did after this is so yeah. wildly different. The Quiet. Do you I know. know that one? Yeah. It's it's I maybe she just didn't want to repeat herself with that that genre. But if you look at all the T V she did between Yeah, she's done tons of T V. I think uh Gilmore Girls and I know she did that other movie with um didn't she do, oh gosh, the movie with Alexis Bledel, the, um, shit, sorry, I'll think of it, but yeah, I know she's done tons and tons and tons of TV, um, lots of good TV. Yeah, I'm not seeing what movie could be, I see a movie called Itty Bitty Titty Committee. <laughs> it wasn't that, okay. uh, I, <clears throat> Oh, oh she did The Stand-In, which is, I think is a Netflix movie from a few years ago I want to see. But she's a very interesting director because, not yes, she does clearly have her influence from those other two directors, but she just makes it her own. And my God, yeah. the colors. The colors in this are so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to see that it was Jamie Babbitt that did it because uh, I do know that she does a lot of TV, but... <clears throat> But I was, yeah, it is so beautiful. And I think that you're right. I immediately thought, yeah, this is like, you know, the like little, little sibling of John Waters film kind of feeling. But so just. I just love camp so much. Yeah, we were talking about, like, after this, we wanted to watch um, Psycho Beach Party, and what was the other one? Yeah. Die, Mommy, Die, from the same creator, which I don't think either one of us have seen. Mm -mm, I haven't, but I, I would enjoy it regardless. I think I'll give it a go. Um, this, <laughs> this cast is fucking absolutely phenomenal. It must have been a really red-hot, like script that got a lot of word going around because to make this for a million dollars with the cast that you have yes i know at the time most of them weren't names but they were up and comers so yeah you know i mean they, they could have commanded a, a more of like a higher price i mean natasha leone was pretty red hot after um you know slums of beverly hills like in the american pie like a lot of people were talking about her being the next big thing you know and clea duvall got a lot of good work around this time and it just kind of surprised you just kept looking at it. it's like oh i know this person this person this person i mean it is loaded to the gill so it must be one of those just cool scripts that just went around and got uh got financing well, from it yeah. i read that um that clea duvall and natasha leone were friends and that they were like hanging out or going on a trip or something together and she found the script in the back seat of her car Clea Duvall had already been cast and she read the script and was desperate to get in the movie so she like kind of used some connections to get an audition and went there all like head to toe black and all goth and like hungover. <laughs> 
and yeah. still got the job. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's an absolutely great film, and it finds a way to talk to talk about something that's dead serious, that's fucked up, yes. like insanely fucked up, but make it in a palatable way so that you're not yes. tormented the whole time. I mean, the movie still yeah. hits; it hits its bullseye right, right where you know you need it to, and um, and it has a lot of heart, but it also manages to be incredibly funny. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing just is like, you're right, it is hard to take a topic that is so, so dark, really. In reality, it's a really dark thing, and just spin it in a, in a way that the whole thing is just like, the whole thing is acknowledging how fucking stupid the whole concept is, how wrong and disturbing it is, but yet in such a tongue-in-cheek way that it, it, like, it achieves its goal, but doesn't make you cry for two hours. Yeah, well, it's like that saying, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I think it helps yeah. it more palatable, especially for people who were maybe on the border with, like, this kind of thing, yeah. like, oh, no, this is fucked up, and they fix nothing. They absolutely fix nothing. They're going through the motions. None of them are converted, which is one of no. the biggest bullshit goddamn ideas I've ever heard in my life. Like, I mean, I've heard worse. I've heard, like, torture therapy with some of these conversion camps, and I just... Well, I mean, that they were kind of doing torture therapy. That one girl was shocking herself constantly, but really it was just getting her off more, so, <laughs> uh, you know... Um... <clears throat> Yeah, and the other thing was is that in reality, what they were uh, doing there was so much more depraved and like fucked up than being gay. Oh yeah, this, the 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 um the whole thing is so disturbing. Yeah, the uh, what is it, not synchronized? What's the um? When they do this, they were like uh, simulating sex scene, uh, sex. I know. That was like, so. oh, that's fucking, and, and there's no life in it whatsoever. And like, oh, we went through the motions. I guess I'm straight now. No, <laughs> fuck. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And the whole thing seems you know, to be because of Eddie Cibrian. Like Kathy Moriarty just runs this camp because her son's gay, whatever, and and she can't yeah. handle it. So she's just like getting her revenge on the world because she can't fix him. There's no fixing. Yeah. Shut up, lady. <laughs> You know, the interesting thing is, is that none of the cast really surprises me. Like, most of these people, I'm like, yeah, that that tracks. Like, you know, they have lots of indie experience, and, like, I'm not surprised to see them, like, in this film uh, for the most part, except for Eddie Cibrian that I was like, oh, oh, my God, I don't remember him being in this movie. And I didn't think he would do something this, you know fringe for him for him I guess I just associate him with kind of uh you know actiony TV shows and fucking Hallmark movies yeah well I mean I don't know what he was doing before this it seems like it was really either. early cause what was the first time we even saw him in? was it that uh was it Invasion it could have been that I feel like he was I'm sure I'm sure he was on like Melrose Place or something, something like that. Yeah, he was on that. But, but I, anyway, yeah. that's I definitely did not remember him in that, and I was like, oh, that's fun. I don't remember Michelle Williams being in this. That was a Me shock. Me <laughs> And I thought I had to, I I have seen almost everything she's ever done, and I definitely did not remember. You are her. correct. Was it was it before the show? Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. No, no, it was, um, what? I want to say it was like two seasons in at this point, but I'm looking at Eddie Cibrian oh. now. This is his second movie, but before this, yeah, he did the soap opera circuit. He did Young and the Restless Jesus. for like... Sunset Beach 
I don't know either, but that's like the kind of show where you can do 369 episodes and you're only on the show for a year. <laughs> he makes so many. Yeah, he did it all. Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, Beverly Hills, Nine Two and Baywatch Night. Ooh, when he was a detective, Ooh. but then the second season they decided, hey, we're going to make this X-Files. He must have been so fucking tired. Third, third watch <laughs> is really what I think I got to know him on. Yeah, I, I never saw that, but I just remember Invasion, like every time he saw it, we're like, oh, it's so close to being great, but every time he'd be like, but the baby, Michael, the baby! Oh, that show. It could have been great. It was so close. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but so I think the cast is phenomenal. This is almost um, Clea Duvall's movie. She almost walks away from the steals it from Natasha Lyonne. She's yeah. so powerful in this. That's fair. I think so. And I also did not remember Melanie Linsky. And my God, do I love her so very much. Yeah, she must have done this just because she wanted to do it because she really doesn't get a whole lot to do. No, but she wasn't like... She wasn't, I mean, I don't really think Melanie Linsky to this day is a household name. She's a, she's brilliant, but I mean, what she had done re, re, right before this, she had done like Ever After, I mean, she, Ever After in Detroit Rock City were her like things she had done right before this. Not huge stuff either. That's weird. Yeah, so it's funny. You look, and all these guys kind of did movies together beforehand. Like, they all knew each other. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, no one I, no one really knows who this person is, but whenever I see Douglas Spain in something, I think that he just fucking... He's amazing. And and um, I, I don't know... He's a lot older than I thought he was. He's like 53. So I, I don't know who he is. His face is so familiar, but I don't know who he is. He's just one of those guys that was just around a lot and was constantly popping up in like TV shows and movies. And this is probably one of his more well-known. He's in Band of Brothers for the whole run. Um, I could have swore he was in another uh, teen movie around this time. Oh, Cherry Falls. There it is. I just watched Cherry Falls like a month ago. I knew I thought. Oh, he... I never, I've never seen Cherry. That Falls. one, that was pretty damn good. That's like the lost slasher movie that uh, that was around this time. But <laughs> it was one of those where they could not get an R rating, no matter what they did, and they couldn't figure oh. out why they were getting. Or like this movie, they couldn't figure out why they had an R rating, and so they had to uh, chop it up or whatever. And then by the time they were done, Universal got cold on it and sold it straight to USA, mm, which I sucks. See. Because the version I have on Blu-ray is the USA version, so all the all the stuff that uh, was in the original film that needed to be cut is completely gone. No one knows where the footage is. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, I think this is a really important movie and pretty ahead of its time. But I feel like the '90s was really starting to break through, like trying to tell stories from the LG, LGBTQ community um, that major studios wouldn't touch. The independent movies were like, "Yeah, we're we're in on this." And how great is Richard Mall? I think the casting of that, I know the juxtaposition of the two guys is funny, not because of the size difference, but because they're usually not, like, they're usually like either dopey or, or macho kind of characters, but I thought they were really sweet. I loved them in this movie. Oh, it's such a uh, interesting pairing, and it's just like, uh, I love how, how they went about introducing them, too. And, um... Yeah, Richard Mole. I mean, again, not really a household name, but he sort of has like a a, a, a reputation it, to some degree. Yeah, being sort of 
tough or even if he's kind of silly he's still kind of tough you know yeah well i mean he played a bunch of villains before night court because he could just wear the makeup and look intimidating and then you know if there's a whole generation of us that only know him as bull from night court yeah of course and also like what about that like a small role for Robert Pine. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, well, I mean, the parents are pretty vicious in this movie, but there is this weird yeah. thing towards the end of the movie where you can kind of see maybe Bud Court um, and, and Mink Stoll as uh, Natasha Leone's parents are like, oh, maybe this is going a little too far. I think we might have fucked up. You know, that kind of thing. Well, but they, they acknowledge that they went too far, and, and at the end, they start, like, a support group, and... They change, totally change. Yeah, it's the just, way they decide to go about it. And the you know, ostracizing your kids, like don't bother coming home. I'm like, she's 17. You're still legally responsible for her, you, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I worry I about love, that. We have love RuPaul in this too. Oh yeah, that was a great performance. It's the first time I think I've ever seen RuPaul not as the RuPaul that we know. Yeah. Um. I think this was like obviously, you know, RuPaul had a had a a following and had clearly had created this persona way before this. But you know, not it wasn't the same uh, to the degree of familiarity as as they are now. Right, I would say. All, all that we knew was the song, like the one hit wonder. The show hadn't even started, I don't think, for like another four, oh, four yeah. or five years. Yeah. Um, what is that show called? America's Top Model or something like that? What is that called? No, it's called Drag Race. Like Drag Race? I'm, th I'm thinking of the wrong fucking show. Sorry. Drag Race? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's also probably more, more than more shows than that, too. Yeah. But yes. Yes. The um, what worries me a lot is that this is obviously a real thing. These conversion camps, whatever. Yes. And I'm sure they're around. There's a there's a place here. I'm not going to name the name because I don't want them to sue me. But there's a big facility around here, and I always have like a side eye over at them because I'm curious of what mm. exactly they do. Because it used to be a place where it was kind of like a juvenile hall kind of thing, like if you got arrested or something. But they've been changing their identity, and I'm kind of like. A little suspicious because they it's almost like they're purposely keeping it vague and i'm like mm, do you have a division over there that's conversion therapy uh, yeah, that yeah. Bad. yeah well small town indiana yeah, I'm yipes i'm sure those places existed and shame on them for existing and taking advantage of uh parents who don't know better and kids that are scared and fuck you yeah um also you know we know someone very close to us that was ostracized by their parents when you know they, they he came out or whatever and i gotta say this you don't really love your kids if it's conditional based on that kind of thing no you don't really love your kids and, and you're a shitty parent and, and maybe uh maybe you should get your head yeah, out you of got, here you got some shit to work out because you're a fucking asshole yeah and i don't care who i piss off by saying that Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I, I don't I don't realize that there is rules <laughs> being set to how you. Oh, I'm not living by your means, and you don't really care. I'm just like but they, 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 they treat their kids. That's how it is with tons of parents. Yeah. Oh, they treat kids the like they're employees. Yeah, they treat kids like they're employees. Like you have to figure, you know, follow this or I'll fire you. It's like what the fuck. Okay, we're gonna get off track yeah. and get all like uh, righteous. So right, right. Move. All right. So I'm a little short on time. So anything else you want to say before this? Uh, before we switch over to the other movie? No, I'm good. Okay, Slums of Beverly Hills. 
fucking th- this is one of those movies where it felt like the trailer was in front of every movie yeah. at this time they yeah. really pushed this thing it wasn't a huge hit on in theaters but it's one of those at sundance back when sundance was a major deal you remember you would hear stories like oh this sold for 10 million dollars out of sundance you're like what yeah yeah and, and, and that used to be such a like an amazing thing yeah and it was just like you know and this is one of robert redford's like he had a lab uh, quotation marks a film lab that he would they would like nurture projects along that he would help mm-hmm. that he thought and this is one of the early ones that he helped nurture from the film festival um, and I gotta say oddly this one seems more fucked up than <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader <laughs> it is I think so too yeah I don't remember a lot of this movie I I what I guess what was in my head is the stuff from the trailer that I saw a million times. I know I've seen it before, but I don't think I've seen it since it came out. And my skin was crawling in, in certain points. It's not a bad movie though. It, it great performances. It's a necessary story, but shit, you're gonna squirm. It's just uncomfortable. I mean, but I think that they're creating. They created characters that were supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I I don't know how much of this is a true story. Um, it feels a little too close to the bone to be just completely made up. I know that it's loosely based on her life growing up, but man, this this is back in the day when you could get an apartment without like this massive background check and deposits and first month and last month and that kind of thing. They get apartments mm-hmm. like nobody's business back then, <laughs> which is funny because if you watch old TV shows, like say like The Incredible Hulk, Every episode, he gets a new job and a new place to live, and there's no background checks whatsoever. <laughs> yes, yes. Simpler back then. There was a little, a little more trust in the universe, I guess. People weren't hadn't figured out to be so cynical or something. Yeah. When there is a low level dread and depression and anxiety through the whole movie because these kids never really have a home they can never really move in and feel safe they're always go 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 because i still haven't figured out what does their dad do i don't know yeah i can't figure it out he and and, and why does why did his wife get the house but didn't keep the kids how is he saddled with them that's usually not how it works if you get the house in a divorce you usually keep the kids I don't know. Fucking weird, right? It would have been... I think it would have helped the movie, you know, if they had uh, explained that a little bit more. Yeah. Especially because it's like, it's not current time where the family um, dynamics, uh, you know, have have changed a lot over time. It, it was... This takes place in the mid-70s, and that shit just didn't, didn't really happen. Yeah. Those are usually the set thing. Is like, oh, you got a divorce, you get the house, then the, the whoever keeps the house keeps the kids, and it was usually the the woman that, that yeah. does that. Um, but also, there's just like this level of just like constant, either delusion or panic, anxiety. These guys are are broken, and yet through all this fucking damage, they do still stick together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's inspiring in a way just to, to watch and. Just, um, I think everybody gives top-notch performances. Alan Arkin, this is kind of like his comeback. I remember when people started talking about him again because they feel like there was a couple decades there where, you know, in the sixties and seventies, he was kind of like the hot comedian, like the comedian's comedian, you know, the the respected one. And all of a sudden, just all the work flopped, 
And I'm trying to look. You up... know, I don't know. I don't know any other version of him than this version. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. I forgot. There's a whole bunch of hits here, but the '80s was rough for him. I gotta tell you. But it's it's the Rocketeer. Then he has Edward Scissorhands. So I married an axe murderer. Indian Summer. So yeah, he was still working a lot. But oh, and Gross Point Blank. I forgot he had a small part in that. But it does seem like around this time he started to build up again. But then then it blew up with Little Miss Sunshine. Right. I really, yeah, I, I think really, I did. really yeah. know the late. I know the late nineties, uh, early two thousands. You know where he was just this. You know all kind of similar, very dry weirdo <laughs> yeah well and, and there's a period where he wore that wig forever so you know like the whole 70s he's got that wig and then all of a sudden he's bald one day and i'm like what the fuck happened like it's a good wig <laughs> usually wigs are really obvious <laughs> yeah um again this is the only version of him i know so yeah you should watch some of his there. older films he did the first in-laws which i think is amazing and catch 22 is astounding do not watch his pink panther movie when he took over for peter sellers Holy shit, yeah. I've never seen a comedian sweat that hard to get a laugh. That's that doesn't sound right at all. Okay. No. It's um and this I feel like this is the first time I had seen Kevin Corrigan, but I know he had to have been around before that, right? I don't know. He I feel like he's been around forever. Way, way too fucking old to be hanging around a fourteen year old and way too old to yeah. be touching her. I mean, what the fuck? Uh-huh. He had to have been at least in real life like thirty. I'm just guessing. It would have been way more appropriate for him to be around Marissa Tomei's character. Yeah, and and her character, when you find out why she's kind of messed up, I'm assuming that's yeah. why you messed up, you almost want to walk away from the movie and never finish it. It fucking hurts. Yeah. It's a pretty, they're a pretty messed up family. And I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure what they want you to take away from this movie. No, I, mean, I don't think there is. Like, the optimism, the, 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 despite being, like, down on their luck. I don't know. I don't, I think it's just about survival. It's, well, it's a slice of life, for one. It's not really plot-driven, but it's just, like, right. just survive. You, you hold together, you try to get over all your fucking damage and just keep going, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I just... Just keep moving, Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal performances. Jessica Walter is fucking insane. I can't I believe. Know. Why does she act the way she acts? She, she knew what was up if she just paid attention. <laughs> people, you know, people don't want to accept reality. They'd rather be ignorant. It's easier. Yeah, I love the language, the gibberish language that they have. It's not. Is it pig Latin? What is it? They're like switching pieces of words. Yeah, in and out. I think it's pig Latin. Oh, okay. I just love watching those two together. They were really good. Even during, there's a couple uncomfortable scenes like playing around with a vibrator, which I thought was fucking insane. I was like, I did know, you clean that, that thing first? Who does that? <laughs> it's that fun to do. Like, that's awkward as fuck. Like, you maybe would do that, like, by yourself, and that's it. Yeah. I guess she was egging her on, so maybe, but. The, uh, Weird. David Crumholtz. Holy shit. Look, we had seen him before this in movies, but there's something yeah. about... This performance seemed to really cement his schmuckiness, his weirdness, <laughs> his delusion. Yeah. The whole thing with him, like, singing in his underpants... Yeah. It's, like, seared into my brain. What, what is he? It's Luck Be a Lady, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just sitting around in his underwear, I'm like, this is weird. But they put that in the trailer because it's fucking funny. <laughs> Well, he's delusional, and he want—he thinks he. Well, maybe not delusional. He wants to play Sky Masterson in. Um, Guys and Dolls. The movie? 
guys and dolls. And so he's rehearsing before he goes to audition. I'm a little, so funny. I'm a little concerned about his weight. He doesn't look well, and I'm concerned. Well... I guess it happens, but still, I was just flabbergasted. Maybe, maybe it could be medicine. It could be just uh, how do I say it without sometimes it's just time. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want people to die early. I've seen too many actors get heavy and then die young. So I know, I know. What did you see him in recently? I saw him in the trailer for Oppenheimer. So. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw him in something years ago, and all of a sudden, because you know, on uh, numbers, he was very thin. And, and all of a sudden, I just saw him like four or five years later, and he was a lot. Do you lot. know how many years ago numbers was? My God, man! Was it? I thought it wasn't that long ago. But I don't yes, know. I, it was. I can't tell this different. These shows are all the same. Hey, it's all like that monk formula, you know that we. <laughs> I, I think time. The older you get, the, I mean, for me, the older I get, the more confused I get about like time and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, the show ended. 13 years it ended 13 years okay. ago okay oh, shit in 2010 <laughs> tells you what I know <laughs> so, I, but I think it's a time is a time is a mirage it's very confusing well as you get older the years shoot by faster too you're like what the fuck how <laughs> no I mean I still think it's the early 2000s especially with my music taste you know yeah. I'm almost to 30 years since my high school graduation can you believe that yeah, because my this year this year was my uh, I think twenty fifth. That's wild. Just so yeah, yeah I believe it. <sighs> I don't know. I'm else... fucking old. Yeah, I don't know what else to say uh, about these movies. Anything else you want to say before we go? I don't know. I just I don't really think that they make movies like this anymore. They don't take risks. No, everything's too careful. Well, what bothers too me calculated. Yeah, what bothers me with a lot of the streaming channels is that they were meant. Their whole point was to make movies like this that the studios weren't making. And then they just fucking went and did the studios. They're just like, well, what script isn't good enough? Okay, we'll take that. You know, like these huge ideas and they pay $150 million for this movie or whatever. Like, what are you doing? That's not why... What? So, and then you got, like, leftovers like A24. Like, they're the last of the independent guys that are making movies that are unique. But who, they're, like, yeah, one of the only but ones. They're, they're having a fucking good year, dude. A couple good, real good years. Yeah, I, I, I miss... I miss the era when studios had a signature. You know, like... Yeah. Because, you know, we had New Line Cinema, we had New World, we had Miramax and Dimension, we had Focus. Um, it just seemed like there was always these, like, smaller guys. Uh, Fox yeah. Searchlight, you know, that either the, the major studios had an independent wing or they were just an independent company. And now it's just like, well, there's no more independent film because the streamers are buying up all those projects. I'm like, but, yeah. then, but then you erase things! And throw them away forever, you fucking assholes! I bootleg the shit out of these shows. We're 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 gonna have to be the generation that archives and saves this stuff that the studios are throwing away. Hey, you know that's half that's half of the purpose of most libraries is to preserve. Yeah, and if we have <laughs> to be an on so. yeah, if we have to be an online library, so be it. I mean, if you guys don't know this, back in the '60s and early '70s, the BBC was erasing all of their tapes. Because they didn't want to buy new tapes and they didn't want to store the old ones, so we lost tons. We lost tons of Doctor Who. We almost lost Monty Python's Flight and Circus forever because Boy. someone had called Eric Idle right before they were going to erase the tapes, or whatever, and they came in and they stole them. 
they stole the tapes wow. away or whatever. And, you know, that's considered a crime. But look, we salvaged those shows and, you know, they're preserved forever. And that's what we kind of have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is such a shame. I mean, just how, how but it's kind of the same thing as the um, situation that, you know, this most recent thing with, with Disney Plus and Hulu content that, you know, they're just erasing it from existence. Like, like first of all, why put in all the time, money, and effort to create something and, and, and then not make a way for it to be accessed? You're, it's such an insult to the people who worked on those things created them wrote them and then they're never going to be accessible again like well i'm trying to figure out disney hasn't completely cemented down what they're doing i think what they're doing is they're removing the stuff from the their service so they can use it as a tax write-off and then next year um they're probably what i'm hearing is that they're going to sell it to other services they're going to license it out. Well, that's what I was hoping was their intent, but it's just it just doesn't to me it doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, and Warner Brothers are the ones that are actually completely erasing because they're taking a permanent tax write off. But, you know, Disney it's not the first time they've done this. You remember you and I grew up on tons of kids and teen movies that they would air on Sunday nights. Those, you know, like Brat yeah. Patrol and stuff like that, not quite human. And most of those mm-hmm. are gone forever. They have made no efforts except like Mr. Oogity Boogity and that's it. They made, if, you, if you're too young to know this, they made probably, what, 80 movies over all those years that we cannot find unless they're like bootleg yeah. VHS. Yeah, it sucks. But um, enough for ranting. It is time for us to go. Um, anything else you want to say before we go? No, I was just like, it's funny. Uh, you know, we really rant about a lot of stuff, but I think that it's important to have passion in life for things to care about things, for things to matter, because otherwise, like, what the fuck is the point of living? Well, like, art. To me, art is life. Art has been. Uh, so huge for you and I ever since we were children. You know, we went to plays. Yeah. The library was a huge thing for us. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and movies just let us escape. And, and just, it's, yeah. even if you don't like it, it's still art. Just don't watch it. Don't read it. Yeah. Don't ban it. Don't burn it. it. Don't hide yeah. it. It deserves to exist in the universe. If you don't like it, then make that decision for yourself. And that's the only person you have any right to make a decision for. Yeah. You know what would be ironic? fucking ironic with all these books being uh, pulled from libraries and, and disappearing or whatever is if someone said well guess what now the bible fuck it the bible it's gone you guys started this thing we're finishing it and people, they're like oh shit we went too far have, I don't, you, you may not realize this but people have uh, definitely challenged the bible yeah, it's just it's funny because they think that it's oh, oh we can't have this because it'll teach my kids things well yeah, <laughs> and let me tell you about it's definitely more about race and uh, and LGBTQ, Gender, yeah. but it uh, it's complicated and it's a sick ass mess and it's the first time I've ever really questioned what I'm doing with my career. But it's fine. I will continue to be stubborn and fight for what is right. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, everybody, uh, fight the power, I guess. <laughs> fight the corrupt power, the demented power, and that's it. Damn the man! Save the empire! <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good one. <laughs>